I'll just see you out there, Cal. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. That's good stuff. Mega mind. That's as opposed to the mega pint that Johnny Depp and Ron Wolfley hoist on a Friday night. Um, no problem. There are two kinds of You're people. You're the pint boy, and you know it. Two kinds of people uh, here today in the AZ. Those who were chanting MVP last night and those who were not. Kellen, we'd ask you that question, but there's no cheering in the press box. So, uh, what was your reaction, and what is your reaction now after you've had nearly 24 hours to sort of digest what you saw last night? I am a professional in every way, Paul Calvisi. No chance of me in the press yep. box. You kidding me? Never. I Man, I, I just wonder if this is like a, an, an, an extra jump. We're seeing from Devin Booker this year, and what I mean by that is Devin Booker gets better every single year. It's part of what has made covering him such a joy for the for the past seven, eight years now is that we can always expect him to be better every year, and he has gotten slightly better this year. But I just wonder if there's another leap that he has kind of into superstardom in him this year in this regular season, because if he does, we're talking about the MVP, like we're going to talk about in this segment, I assume, and, and the levels that he can reach. It's just really impressive how he steps up his game in such a variety of ways. When Chris Paul misses time, it's part of why he got in the MVP conversation last year, and it's why he's in it right now. Could you build an argument that said that Devin Booker, this was his best game as a Phoenix Sun? I don't think so, Wolf, just because it was in the now regular season game. that That's where I can start to get with you a bit. But in the postseason, I mean, you think back to the, the run two years ago, game five against the Lakers, game six against the Lakers, game one against the Clippers. You've got games four and five in the finals. He has some outstanding performances uh, in, in the postseason two years ago and then even last year to a certain extent as well. But in the regular season, absolutely. My, my favorite part, I wrote this on the side, my favorite part about the the 51 was that it started in a way that he probably wouldn't have been able to get going from three, four years ago, which was just the Bulls blitzing him early in the game, getting him off the ball. He didn't score until six minutes into the game because of the defensive coverage they were playing against him, but he figured it out as he always does. He dissected it perfectly. Chicago tried some different stuff, and that allowed Booker to get more space, and he just took off from there. And maybe that's the answer to this question, but where is he better this season right now? Where have you seen the most improvement in Devin Booker? I liked what Monty Williams had to say last night, Paul, just in terms of physically where he's at. He feels like you can kind of see his body has matured more. And what Monty means by that is just taking the hits inside. He feels like he's just going to be able to, not that he hasn't been a durable player in the past, but just be even more durable and take those hits and just be able to stay at that 100% level throughout a game, even when he's going inside and taking those hits all the time. And I think that just kind of comes with the territory of the stage he's at now in the last two to three years because he's he's not at the Kevin Durant level in terms of Kevin Durant, I think is more or less mastered basketball with the way that he plays offense and the way that he plays defense. But Devin is such a well, extremely well-rounded player right now that it's about evening out the edges where he can. And right now it's just about figuring out on a night to night basis as that star, as that number one option, as a superstar that he might be this year is just how can he impact the game on that next, next, next level that only a couple of guys a year we see reach. And I think we started to see bits of that in the last two games. When you think of DeAndre Ayton and how he played last night, where does your thoughts go? 
force, and, and that's one of your favorite words in the entire dictionary, Ron, yep. right? If I mean, we go A to Z, that's top five for sure, getting in the rankings without a doubt. And you just look at the way that he was playing. I, I love the way that he played in the fourth quarter specifically because I know a lot of us were, I was watching Devin Booker on the bench when we went between the third and fourth quarter seeing if he was taking off his warm-up shirt and if he was going to come back in the game. He didn't, but DeAndre and a couple other starters came in to make sure that game got cemented, and DeAndre was really the one who made sure that the Bulls didn't get any closer than whatever it was, 14 or 16, just the way that he played throughout the uh, entire game. And a little nugget from that game, DeAndre, uh, his last play of the game was a kick out to Torrey Craig for three. He was under the basket and kicked it out and made that pass we know that he'll make. And there was one guy extremely frustrated by that on the Suns bench that let him know when he checked out after the game, and that was Chris Paul. So the game is over, and, and they're done and dusted. But DeAndre let up just for a little second with the, with the physicality and, and force that he had inside and finishing everything and kicked out for three, which is still a good basketball play. But Chris Paul was the first one to tell him. I asked DA about it after the game, and he said, yeah, Chris was on me because I was at 28 and I needed to get to 30, and that was my 30 right there. So it never stops in there, and the, and the motivation that he gets from his teammates, and Whoa. especially Chris. All right, Suns guru Kellen Olsen on with us. Uh, to what degree is this force that we're seeing now at DeAndre Ayton a direct byproduct of the Pat Bev shove and what has happened ever since? Ooh, that, that's the that's the big question to me because if it is really, then thank you, Patrick Beverly. And I don't, I don't think we would have said that certainly uh, when it happened. You never want to see a guy not only shoved as you put a wolf a couple days ago. Like that's just a knock. That's a straight knock in the, in the yeah. back right there that he took. But to see that happen, you're just you're thinking instantly like you're hoping DeAndre's okay and everything. But that but our first reaction maybe should have been thank you because it, you see the way that he's playing with force, the way that he's just. The thing about DeAndre ever since his rookie year, ever since U of A, it's just been how he attacks the offensive glass and rolls through the game from there. In these 11 games that Chris Paul's missed, he's averaging three and a half offensive rebounds a game alone. And and that's where you start to get your rebounding totals to 12, 13, 14, like we've been seeing him hit a bit more. When he gets going on the offensive glass, that's when you can sense him start to really feel the physicality of the game. And then he gets more involved from there. And then it's just all the way up. So I just think if he continues to do that, then we're just going to see a different DeAndre in this year in the best kind of way for the Suns. Because, Wolf, what did Kevin Ray tell us yesterday that he's heard DeAndre Ayton talk about challenging Amari Stoudemire's record for dunks? Now, is that new talk, Kellen? You're around the team every day. Has he said that before? I haven't heard him say that specifically before, but we were talking to him about Amari a little bit, and he was just saying like he, he wished he could have been around to, to watch Amari and that kind of player because I think that every big and just every basketball player looks at Amari and the force that he played with and just the impact that he had because when he caught that ball 12 feet out, you had to be ready for not only one shoulder in your chest but a couple more coming, and then he was going to try and jam that ball right on your head. Like it, he, he just played at that kind of level, and I actually wrote a piece the night DeAndre got drafted comparing him to Amari and just talking about how that part of Amari's game is what you want to see out of him, not only with the power and the force, but also just the triple threat position, using his dribble a bit more. And, and I think we're seeing that more and more year to year. And it's just the game-by-game consistency that will make DeAndre not only an all-star, but just one of the best players in the game, if I'm being honest, if, if this comes through every game. Killer, do you think Chris Paul missing 11 games right now is being orchestrated by the Suns to some degree in regard to getting DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker? in a two-man game going? Yeah, I don't know if I would use the word orchestrated necessarily, Wolf, but I do think that they're being more patient than they've proven to be in the past, and I think that their mindset about this season might have impacted it in some way. And kind of what I mean by that is I sense from Monty Williams that it was it was more clear and evident this year 
than years past that, hey, like some of this stuff in November, December, January, and so on is, isn't going to look the way we want it to. But as long as we get it figured out by April, that that's fine. And, and that's kind of what this mindset is right now. You see Monty trying a bunch of different lineup combinations. He's really jumbling his rotation around in a way that he didn't previously. We've seen just how much Mikel Bridges has been on the ball lately, especially in that Chicago game. Like He's running a couple pick and rolls. We haven't mm-hmm. seen much of that, and it's just allowing it to breathe a little bit more, and that wouldn't have been possible without Chris injured right now, but also just with the way that Chris was playing to start the year and being off the ball more. It's just a mindset, the collective mindset they've had, and it's kind of carried over with this unfortunate uh, injury that he's come down with. Is this roster playoff ready? Meaning, what does James Jones need to add to this roster? What sort of player, what sort of addition does he need to make between now and April? I think they need another scorer, Paul, someone on the ball. But I say that, I said that so much in the last two years, but campaign is maybe playing the best basketball of his life right now. And if he keeps playing this way, maybe they don't need that score necessarily. But I've always just felt that they are a dribble guy short. And basically what I mean by that is someone who can run offense in a pinch, someone who can get you a bucket. We talked about Boyan Bogdanovich so much in the summer. We've talked about some of those names from Utah. He, of course, got traded to Detroit. But kind of with all of that, and in mind, I think it's the score, maybe at the three or the four, someone just a little bit more offensive-minded to, to mix up their formula a bit right now. But, man, who can, who can complain right now? Because they're missing three key guys. I mean, if you look at it for what it is, three of their best six players aren't playing right now, and they're rolling. They're top of the West. There's not much to complain about. So, yes or no, Devin Booker, MVP this year? No, you know you know the pessimist I am, Wolf. I, I think I think Luca's got the train going. I think he's got the numbers going. I think that he's just been hyped as an MVP candidate now for a couple of years. It takes a really long time to enter that conversation. But you know what's fun, guys? They play the Mavs on Monday and they play the Celtics on Wednesday. So he gets oh, to MVP candidate next week. Wednesday he gets Jason Tatum on ESPN. So uh, I know Devin Booker said I'm just a hooper. I don't care about the MVP and all that kind of stuff. But hey, if you want to take two games and maybe care a little bit and uh, send a message, it would help. All right. Right on, Killer. uh, Kellen, we love the coverage. Just add some pictures of D-Book's classic car collection when he arrives at the arena to your Twitter feed, okay? Can you do that for us? Oh, I'm not allowed out there, Paul. That's where the the high rollers are. Are you kidding me? No shot. I'm allowed next to anything that expensive ever. That's great. (laughs) Killer, thank you, man. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys.